This podcast is brought to you by GoMoto, the service lane kiosk that grows your business. Want to increase revenue, improve the customer experience, and maximize service efficiency? Visit GoMoto.com to learn more. That's G-O-M-O-T-O dot com. Hello, and welcome to Daily Drive. It's Friday, May 20th, 2022. I'm Jamie Butters, Executive Editor of Automotive News. Mercedes moves up market, Lucid gets a lift, and Jimmy Carcar starts a show of his own. Plus, service departments grapple with the great resignation. We'll get to that a little later. First off, let's run through all the news you need to know to keep up in the auto industry. Mercedes-Benz will be cutting back its entry-level suite of cars as part of a strategic overhaul, channeling more than three-quarters of the automaker's investment to its higher-end vehicles. Mercedes unveiled its plans to major investors on Thursday, placing the drive for greater profitability on its so-called top-end vehicle segment. That includes the iconic G-Class off-roader, the G-Wagon, the flagship S-Class sedan, and the high-performance AMG division. CEO Ola Kalinius said he wants to sharpen the focus of the business model and, quote, build the world's most desirable cars. Here in the U.S., we've seen spiraling government incentives offered to automakers to build battery and EV plants in certain locations. Saudi Arabia is taking it to the next level. Lucid Group will receive as much as $3.4 billion in financing and incentives over the next 15 years for its planned factory in Saudi Arabia. The country owns a majority of Lucid shares through its sovereign wealth fund and recently committed to buy up to 100,000 EVs from the brand over the next 10 years. The California-based company currently has one factory in Arizona where it expects to make 12,000 to 14,000 of its super high-end electric cars this year. Its second plant will be in the King Abdullah Economic City near the Red Sea, Construction is slated to begin this year with capacity to make 155,000 EVs annually. It is expected to be up and running by 2026. And finally, you follow the auto industry, you listen to podcasts, maybe you want to hear one hosted by Jim Farley. The Ford CEO is launching a podcast called Drive next week on Spotify. Initial guests include actor and podcaster Dax Shepard, comedian Jimmy Kimmel, and Harley-Davidson CEO, Jochen Zeitz. Farley, a former marketing executive, has long been considered a bit of a showman. His late cousin Chris was a comic actor in the movies and on Saturday Night Live. And that's the news you need to know. Coming up, losing text is costly. What can dealers do to keep them from leaving? We'll get into it after the break. Listen to Fred Hayes service manager at Temecula Valley Buick GMC, and Philip Candido, fixed operations director, talk about their experience with GoMoto in their service drive. Before GoMoto, the backups in the service lane were due to not being able to get to the customer in a, in a timely manner. There's times where menus are passed over where the advisor forgets to tell them, hey, it needs its major service. And now with the GoMoto, customers are presented with a maintenance package every time. The time freed up from not having the customer sitting in front of them every single time they come in. It helps them be more efficient. 
it helps them focus more on the customer's concern and the, the maintenance and service of the vehicle. Before GoMoto, we would average approximately 130000 in service gross. The kiosk and the service drive doubled the gross profit in the dealership. It's amazing, 100%. Using the GoMoto kiosk makes the dealership more profitable. Want to increase revenue, improve the customer experience, and maximize service efficiency just like Temecula Valley? Visit GoMoto.com to learn more. That's G-O-M-O-T-O dot com. So welcome back to Daily Drive. I'm Dan Schein, uh, a senior editor at Automotive News and editor-in-chief of Fixed Stops Journal. As the great resignation swept across the country, leaving staffing vacancies from hotels and restaurants to Fortune 500 companies, dealership service departments were not immune. Most fixed ops departments are operating with fewer people than before the pandemic. And as uh, service business continues to uh, increase as more customers come into the service drive, these departments will struggle to get customers in and out in a timely fashion, which can lead to an unhappy consumer. We'll talk about the battles uh, dealership service departments are waging on these fronts from recruiting new employees and holding on to the ones they have, all the while keeping those customers happy and coming back. With the Vice President of Fixed Operations at Dealership Training Company, Quantum 5, and the Fixed Ops Mastermind himself, Dave Foy. Welcome, Dave. Thanks, Dan. It's great to be here. Love that you're doing this. Thanks. Now, before we get into discussion, I want to talk a little bit about this uh, mastermind uh, moniker that you have. Now, who came up with that and uh, when? How long have you been carrying that name around? Uh, so I've been, been carrying that around for uh, about three years now. Um, it, it started out because I was trying to create the, the mastermind group. Um, and, and somehow that mastermind group then became my my moniker so all right now is it burdensome to have it be called the mastermind because you know people look around and say well i don't know but let's ask the mastermind he'll know it it, it uh it's funny i'll say to my wife at times i hope they don't ask me that question because <laughs> i don't know the answer to it <laughs> it reminds me of the uh seinfeld episode where elaine's boyfriend uh you know says everyone must call him the uh, maestro now, do you make people call you the mastermind yeah so i don't but i'm, I'm considering it in, in q3 for this year so Okay. Well, for today's purposes, we'll call you Dave. And uh, okay, enough of the silliness. Let's get into uh, this. Now, I know that uh, we talked a little bit about staffing issues, and I want to read a couple things from, from the April issue of Fixed Ops Journal on newsstands now. And there's a Cox survey talked about uh, a survey of dealerships, and they uh, said 57% of dealers say their service department is not fully served, is not fully staffed. 80% of dealers expect labor shortages to continue or worsen. And dealers, uh, 29% of dealers report an increase in service staff turnover since before COVID-19. So you've been out there um, talking with uh, service folks. Uh, how bad is it? Yeah, the, it, I mean, it, it, it certainly is an issue. Um, I, I think there's a lot of things that we can do to, to prevent it from, from being any worse than, than it is. Um, you know, some of it is just the, 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 the worldwide pandemic and, and what's happening, right? Mm -hmm. and some of it is our our own doing uh at the dealerships by not providing some flexibility and and uh you know not maybe making it look as as attractive as an issue as a uh, career as it could be and is it all levels are we talking from porters and valets to techs to service advisors all kind of all staffing issues at all kind of levels yeah it, it 
definitely hurts a little bit more down at the other levels, uh, the the porter and advisor levels. Um, technicians, you're starting to get technicians that are moving themselves out of the industry into different industries, um, or, or the older technicians are, are retiring. Um, but the 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 incoming people is really where you feel it the most. Uh, the the porters, those those starting positions in the dealership. And what can dealership service firms do about this? I mean, I'm, I'm, you know, tech turnover has been a big problem for years now. Um, and I think you know, CCI S did a certain re- recent stub- study about, you know, needing 100,000 more in the next, you know, two years, three years. Where can dealership service firms find folks to fill these vacancies? Yeah, so it, it, it all starts with, with a shift in how we think about where, where we find our team members. Right. For, for as long as I've been in this business, people looked as at service advisors as somebody who had to come with a technical background. Um, I came from being a technician up to a service advisor. Does it have it, its advantages? Yes. It also has disadvantages. Uh, what we really need is, is people who can take care of other human beings. Right. So we need to ex- expand where we're looking for our team members and not just think that they have to come with technical background or that they have to have some sort of service advisor experience before they get to us. Um, plenty of people, you go to get your coffee in the morning and the person is great and friendly every time you get there. That's a person you can bring into your service department um, on the, the technician side where everybody is concerned about the technician shortage. Uh, we've got things that, that we need to do there. We need to make it uh, a better environment for our technicians. Uh, we need to find ways to make the job more flexible for them, uh, to, to make uh, maybe some changes in, in pay plans. That's, that's a, a little bit bigger issue because you run into to state uh, issues there. It's not something you could do countrywide all at once. Um, but also, we need to get into the schools, into the, the tech schools, the Vogue schools, and start to let them see that automotive is still a great place to go for your career. Um, whether they want to start as a technician, whether they want to start as a porter, as an advisor, whatever it is, we've got to show them that career path, show them that we can treat them well and, and help them understand that the, the big word everybody likes to use is culture, right? But what is culture? Does any does anybody know what it is or, or how you actually build it? Um, it? It's people are confused at what culture is, and it's really about how you're treating your employees, your team members, and providing them the, the training that they need to get better, the skills they need to get better, and a career path so that they can see where they're going to go. And I would imagine, too, that, one segment of the population that counts for about half of the population are women. And this is, you know, you'll, you'll see here and there that some service farmers have uh, female employees, but not a lot. And I just think that's also could be an untapped market for, you know, service advisors and uh, service managers. It, it absolutely is. And, and in most cases, they're better at the job than, than their male counterparts. Um, you know, uh, on the advisor side of things, they're better at relating to people, at understanding what their needs are uh, and being able to help them from that position of understanding what their needs are rather than just trying to make a sale. Um, we, we've we've closed ourselves off for years as dealerships 
to the the larger group of possible team members that, that we could have. Yeah. And let's talk a little bit about the employees that are already at the dealership who may be thinking of, of leaving. Um, what do you, what do you do to keep them around? I would imagine, I think I've seen a lot of surveys show them a, a career path, right? It's not just, this isn't your job that you'll ever, you'll have for at this dealership. There are possibilities. So how do you, how do you kind of keep them happy and, and where they are? Yeah, that, that is the first and easiest thing to implement is to create a career path for, for everybody that every team member that is in your dealership should be able to see a path that they can follow. And it doesn't have to be a, a linear straight line path of you start as a porter, you go to an advisor, you, you know, it doesn't have to be linear. It can, it can be like a tree where you can start in one area and move to a different area in the dealership, but there's a path for you to get there. There's tasks that you as the the employee needs to do. There are tasks that the dealership needs to do for you to be able to, to progress. But to actually have that physical document to be able to show people is, is the number one easiest way for people to start to retain their talent. Um, the, the other thing to be able to do is as part of that career path is technicians. One of the reasons technicians are leaving is, is a lot of our technicians are starting to age out. Mm-hmm. but they're aging out being able to be on their feet on a cement floor for 10, 12 hours a day, right? They still have a whole ton of knowledge about the vehicles, about the industry, about our customers that we want to keep in the dealership. So we need to provide them places for them to go to use that knowledge to continue to help our dealerships. Let's switch gears a minute and talk about uh, uh, customer retention. And I, you know, like, they can know the figures, but you know, 70% of customers after their warranty is over, they go elsewhere than a dealership for the service. Right. What do dealerships need to do to keep those customers coming back? What can they kind of tout about themselves that will make them better than the independent down the street? Yeah. First, first thing is, is some basic, basic human decency. <laughs> Take care of people. Um, that, that's the biggest thing. Build that relationship. Right. Let, let's, Let's teach our teams the skills that they need to actually build a relationship with a customer, move it away from that transactional uh, position. Uh, too often that, that customer is defecting after the warranty period, right? And that's, that's where we want to retain the customer. That's when they're going to purchase another vehicle from us is after that point. And we need to, 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 to do that, to keep them coming back to us. We need to show them the value of why they would continue to come here other than free warranty work, right? And that's done through relationship. It's the reason you go back to anywhere. If you could have a not so great experience at a restaurant, but have an incredible experience at that restaurant with your server and maybe the manager that you met at some point, and you would go back to that place because of that relationship with them. Mm -hmm. But if you don't have a relationship there, then you'll go anywhere, right? It's like you go to you go to a McDonald's drive-through, and you can go to any McDonald's, right? It, it doesn't matter. McDonald's, Burger King, it's all the same. You're not building that relationship, and that's that's our difference maker. That's what we need to be able to do. That's what the independents have very very successfully done is build that relationship with the customer. Mm-hmm. So we have that relationship, and from there you can position yourself as the expert. Too often we, we tout the fact that we have factory trained technicians and we have great coffee in the waiting room and all that stuff. That's terrific. 
but the relationship will, will keep them coming back. And from there, you can build yourself as the experts that want to take care of your vehicle and understand your needs for that vehicle. Great. Dave Foy, Vice President of Fixed Operations at Quantum 5, uh, Fixed Ops Mastermind podcast host, and just the regular old Fixed Op Mastermind himself. Thanks for joining Daily Drive. Dan, it was awesome being here. Take care. That's Daily Drive for today. I'm Jamie Butters. You can get all the news on fixed ops, employee relations, and everything happening in the auto industry at autonews.com. Thanks to Nathan Kadick for editing today's show. Thanks to the Automotive News Multimedia Team and web editor Victor Galvan for their help. And thanks to you for listening and making this show part of your workday routine. Have a good weekend until Monday when we all get back to work.